Hey everybody, this is Nick Mayhew, three-time gold medalist and three-time world record holder, and you're listening to Power 98.5. We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Hi, this is Dan Aykroyd. He's progressive. He's beautiful. He's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He's positive. He is Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Hi, guys. I'm Sam Fricker. I'm an Australian Olympic diver, and you're listening to Power 98.5. Empowering listeners from the U.S. to the U.K. Live on air with Stephen Cuoco. I really love this music, and it fits perfectly in what we're going to be talking about today, all about urban joy. Not only that, I've got Raj, Dave, and Jeff Linden, who are the owners of Urban Joy. They've got several locations. San Francisco is going to be a new one they're opening up. And let me tell you something about Urban Joy. It was established in 2018, founded by a dedicated team of cannabis experts, board-certified physicians, and retail executives who believe in the power of plant medicine to improve people's lives. I'm going to honestly say, like, this is where I'm very grateful for Raj and uh, Jeff's team and and preparing and putting this together is because I never knew that one day... I would be having a discussion about um, the herb life and what it means not only across the world and people's lives, but you know we're they're going to be sharing a lot about business, what is allowed, what you know the guideline restrictions, everything else, their their past stories, where they come from, um, how they've come together to do this uh, venture. And I had a best, you know, I have a best friend. And she was in an abusive relationship. And to be honest, you know, we never thought that this would end up happening, even though the warning signs were there. She's not in it any longer. But the last, I would honestly say, uh, episode, uh, her boyfriend beating the shit out of her, uh, she ended up with partial brain damage. And from that, uh, she has severe migraines, she has seizures. She had to get a service dog. Young, you know, 40s. And, you know, she didn't want to get stuck into having to take pain pills. She shared this with her doctor. She shared this with her friends and family. We all have heard the complications, the addiction that can happen with pain pills. And so she turned and it was recommended by her physician to be able to get a medical card to obtain medical marijuana to help her with these, you know, th- this ailment, these these experiences that she's having in her life post, you know, trauma of what she went through in that relationship with her, her ex-boyfriend. And so for what it's worth, I'm going to be honest, I believe that the quality of life is up to that person of how they want to live it. And what they want to do. And I'm aware that there are at times to 
people having worry and concern about marijuana and the use of it. But let's look at this. You can walk into any store or gas station. And keep in mind, I want to adopt one day. I'm a child or someone that was adopted as a kid, young. And so I understand, you know, from a parent point of view and potential parent point of view, what our children or what we would want to protect our children from. And I'm going to honestly say you can walk in any store, any gas station. Cigarettes are up in your face. You got alcohol there. Uh, Certain places you got porn. All right. So nothing is perfect. And once again, to each their own of how they feel and what they feel about certain things that are happening in this world. But really, when we look at it, you know, over-the-counter drugs can be abused. You know, you walk in a store and, and get whatever. You know, not only kids to a certain point, I guess, wherever you are. But the fact of it is, is that the negative context that marijuana has, I'm just going to honestly say, I'm going to put it blunt, get over it. And why I say get over it is because I do know people who use it for recreational in the industry. And I do know people that have the, that are using it for medical purposes and they're not abusing it. And I just wanted to share that point because I know it's a touchy subject, uh, with certain people in the world. Uh, but at the same time, have an open mind. We're going to bring Raj and Jeff on and let them share the facts and their story and their life experience. Um, you know, Raj uh, has an MD background and then Jeff uh, was a, is a chief, actually he's a chief operating officer. He has a bachelor's in political science from the university of Reno, Nevada. And, I'm, I'm very excited. So let's get to the show. Raj, Jeff, welcome to Live on Air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Steve. It's great, great to be with you. Where, where would you like to begin, um, Raj? From your, your background, um, having, you know, attended the University of California, um, why why urban joy yeah so the concept of urban joy was founded back in 2016 around when prop 64 was in the process of being passed which legalized recreational cannabis in the state of california i was a doctor treating patients in my clinic i had treated over 11,000 patients many of them were veterans returning from the wars in iraq and afghanistan and unfortunately many of them had suffered ptsd and become addicted to opioids some of these brave soldiers came to me and asked me about using cannabis as a possible alternative. So I started researching cannabis and the industry in my search for possible ways to mitigate the opioid epidemic. So I started doing more investigation and research on the plant. I visited several dispensaries. And at that point, I had an epiphany. This was going to be a new chapter in my career. During my research, I met Jeff Linden, who was running the most critically acclaimed cannabis retail store in San Francisco at the time. And it's actually a, a funny story about how we met. We met for the first time at Cafe Floor, which is a legendary location in the cannabis industry. Cafe Floor is where Brownie Mary and Dennis Prone first met, and they came up with the idea for Prop 215, which first legalized medical cannabis in the 90s. Brownie Mary and Dennis Prone are considered the godmother and godfather of the cannabis legalization movement. 
in the U.S. Brownie Mary got her name because during the 1980s, at the height of the AIDS epidemic, the medical community was mystified by this new disease, and they didn't really have great ways to deal with its symptoms. So Brownie Mary would give out pot brownies to the AIDS patients who were losing weight to help them with their nausea and stimulate their appetite. And thus, she was nicknamed Brownie Mary. Jeff, he, he's a retailing savant who was an executive at large retailers such as Macy's and Cost Plus. He opened the first Apple store. It was dubbed by local newspapers in the retail cannabis space. It had never been done before, and it did tremendous. We felt that our strengths complemented each other, and so did our vision. So we wanted to create an elevated customer retail experience with access for all, and that's how the idea for Urban Joy came together. Mm. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Yes. So I, I, I consider it a privilege that, that I met Raj, and uh, he's exactly right. We, we met at that iconic place in San Francisco, and uh, my, my background was in retail and con consumer products, uh, but really managing people for since uh, the age of 15. And, and I'm in my advanced years now, but it, it was kind of life-changing to, to do the research and then look at what the industry brought. Uh, everything from what Raj has already touched on to the, on the opioid side, but for somebody that professionally manages workforces for my entire life, I got to see a, an industry that created opportunities for people that, you know, I'll just kind of give it this way. Uh, I watched people with ADHD, ADD, those kinds of things that just couldn't, couldn't quite fit uh, the corporate lifestyle, if you will. And these were smart, intelligent, hardworking people, and they found their path in the cannabis industry. And I was so heartened by that and inspired by that, that that's one of the reasons I got into the industry. The other reason is I saw uh, what was really a, a self-discovery path for the industry, and they needed best practices. They needed a way to, to both honor what their history was in that transition and honor all the struggle that went forth, but also at the same time, mainstream it so that everything that has occurred and all the benefits of, uh, of cannabis can be more widespread, can affect everybody. And that's happening. And I couldn't be happier for that, not just for us, but for anyone else in the industry and those people that are now benefiting uh, from the industry. Now, when, when I first started, which was kind of late in the medical side of it, it was uh, you paid by donation. Customers were called patients. The products were called medicine. And everybody joined a collective in order to come in. And that all needs to be honored as part of the history. But we're also mainstreaming now, and it's open to everybody. And I, I could tell you stories from uh, second grade teachers to Rotary Club members who are would have never thought about this, but it's helping them enhance their lives which is also part of our Urban Joy motto. You touched on it when you kind of did your opening and life enhanced is what we're all about. Um, and so that, that's why I got into the industry. With your background, having, you know, worked in, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in retail, how has that fundamental attribute, that experience benefited 
or more specifically benefits you and Raj and Urban Joy now when it comes to the the mission statement, the goal um, to be very informative, to be very transparent to the public, meaning more specifically, if I were to walk into one of your locations, what would that experience to be like? And before you answer, I just want to let everyone know that this is not an advertorial. I was thinking to myself when I was asking that question, this this really is to, to go to be informative. But once again, um, because it's just very interesting of what you and Raj are doing and and the, the reviews are nearly five-star. It has to make sense as to where these reviews and the reputation of your your storefronts, your, your business, um, it has to do with production, and it has to do with mainly the people that are the representative, the face or faces of Urban Joy. So... What would be my experience, anyone's experience when coming in that is the main goal of Urban Joy to help in the process because I'm going to be honest. I, I, I don't smoke. Um, I used to when I was younger. Uh, I don't know if it would hit me or not. My doctor said that we get to a certain point where you know, your body rejects it, whatever, you know, I had a reaction to it. So I can experience, or the last time I smoked, I had tachycardia. They had me hooked up to every monitor, blood pressure, whatever, so on and so forth. They said, I just, I kept drinking water. I would just have to piss it out. Um, but at the same time, you know, to just, to just be like, what would I need to what would I need to do or, or what would be the right questions to ask to feel comfortable, to feel like I, I'm making the right decision? What are your thoughts? So uh, I have a few. Uh, and, and I think the first thing is that we, we have kind of three goals that we try to accomplish in, in our stores. Um, the first is to take an entirely different approach to store design so that it's open. It, it doesn't feel like uh, going in and standing in front of a counter and picking what you want. It's, it's interactive. It's educational. So that, that's, that produces kind of a wow moment. This is different. And it also produces education. We have uh, interactive video walls where you can look up the brand, hear the story about the farmer that actually uh, created the product. It's real. And things like this happen. And so, so with that, and, and uh, I'm, I'm going to honestly say, um, we're going to recap, don't worry. So for everyone that is tuning in, you're live on air with Stephen Quoke on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. We've got Raj, Dave, Jeff Linden. They are the owners of Urban Joy. We're touching on the benefits about the herb life, customer client experience, what people are experiencing in the world, breaking the stigma of how the how marijuana is looked and considered within the general public. I did, you know, share a story about how my friend got out of an abusive relationship, but did not escape uh, the situation without serious injuries. She doesn't want to be tied into having to take medication, deal with the side effects, potential addiction of drugs. 
And so it was recommended by her physician, her doctor, um, even her, you know, her psychiatrist to uh, obtain a medical marijuana card and to utilize um, being the herb to be able to have a life and to be able to, to live more fruitfully in a way because these, uh, these migraines she's experienced and she does from time to time experience and the seizures, you know, she had to go and get a service dog. And uh, with that being said, her life is never going to be the same, but we're, this is all about the quality of life, not just what people are going to experience when walking into a nearly five-star review dispensary, but also the education that Raj offers as an MD, what Jeff is offering uh, with his knowledge um, within the industry and how both of these men have come together and they've really brought synergy and um, and heart to a business that is not being operated to just to be making money. That's not the main goal. The main goal is to do the right thing, knowing that whether it's recreational or it's for medical purposes, their goal is to help facilitate education and not only in aiding the quality of life by delivering high quality, you know, marijuana, but be able to educate the public. So once again, Jeff, to digress slightly back, you have education and background in retail. What is yes. your education in retail? How has that translated within um, the marijuana industry, owning a dispensary, and how you're educating the public? Well, I think there's a couple of elements to that. On on the I'll get the business side out of the way first. On the business side, that classical training, if you will, mainstream best practice training allows us to uh, operate more efficiently because we understand this, understand how retail works. And that translates into better value to the consumer, uh, those that want to purchase cannabis. It also helps make us successful in an industry that started out with being very loosely controlled and easy to put some money to the bottom line. And now it becomes more difficult as more taxation comes in and so forth. So that's the business side. On the retail consumer relations side, it's bringing in best practices that, that I've learned over 40 plus years of retail on how to interact with the consumer and what the best way to do that is and how, how do you set up a staff to do that. So that leads to what it's like to come into our stores. And this would be true whether it was cannabis or anything else, but it happens to be that this is an in, this is a product that needs that level of attention because not everybody understands it. So what we do is we bring our staff in before we open a store, we hire them. We bring them in for four weeks of, of paid, kind of paid training ahead of time. But part of that training is they have to try everything that we're going to carry on a menu. And then they have to come in the next day and talk about it as a group. So when we open our doors and somebody walks in our doors, it's all about trust. Because whether you're looking for a gummy to help you sleep, an edible to help you sleep, or you're looking for the, the, the dab, the next crumble or shatter or, or sugar that's going to knock your socks off, our people have to know that. Because whatever we say, our people say is going to be trusted. 
And the only way that you're going to get those people to come back and trust you again is if you got good information the first time. And it's also their job to figure out, and they enjoy this, by the way. They're passionate. The people that work in this industry are the most passionate about an industry that I've ever seen. But they love interacting with the consumers when they come in, especially consumers where they can teach and talk about and listen. What do you, what do you like to do? How do you sleep? What experience do you like? Would you like a head high, a body high? Do you want to relax? Do you want to be more alert? They ask those kinds of questions, and then they recommend. Based upon this, you should try this. So that's the experience that's in the store, and they take that time. It's one-on-one. We don't have counters where you're picking products. Somebody walks around our store with a tablet helping you out as little or as much as you want at whatever level you want. So that if that gives you a little bit of an idea, uh, that's what our culture is about. Raj, you stated earlier that you worked with patients who were military veterans. They returned from deployment, you know, from Iraq, Afghanistan, and they suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, insomnia, anxiety, chronic pain. So do you believe, Raj, as a medical professional, that there is a negative tone around marijuana, around people opening up dispensaries and misunderstanding the real reason why not only Urban Joy, but why you and Jeff are here as professionals. You're here for the public. What are your, what's your answer to that? Yeah, exactly. So my answer would be, we're here to help people. That That's originally why I became a doctor was to help people. And as you mentioned, I was treating so many veterans returning from wars in the Middle East, and a lot of them were addicted to opioids, and they were looking for alternatives. And I started researching cannabis, and that's what I found out. Unfortunately, there's kind of a catch-22 situation with the medical establishment. The, the reason they look at it negatively is you know, due to a lot of the political history, but also the lack of research. It's a Schedule One drug, meaning the government says it lacks medical value. Uh, it's crazy that drugs like cocaine and Oxycontin are scheduled true drugs. So the government thinks they're safer than cannabis. Uh, you know, right now the FDA has only approved cannabis in the form of Epidolix for two rare forms of seizures. They've also approved uh, a synthetic form of cannabis called Marinol for nausea and vomiting due to chemo. But it's a really tough situation because for the government to approve cannabis officially as a medicine, we need to do more research, but they're putting such strict limits that they won't let us do the research. Um, they've loosened things up slightly. So there's a lot more research being done, but it's a tough situation. And I think education is key to your, your point about reversing the stigma, research and education and just getting the word out. So I'm coming into Urban Joy, your, your, your famous and most popular location in the Beverly Hills area. I'm going to say the number one thing, even when I smoked when I was younger, the number one thing that I always wanted to know is what is in it. Now, keep in mind, I'm 48 years old, and I'm I'm assuming you guys are maybe around my age or so, and you got to figure back then, uh, like in the 90s, give or take, um, you, we knew what we were buying. We knew what we were smoking. Until things then changed, and then I realized uh, in the 2000s and, and after 2010 and so on and so forth, people were lacing 
marijuana. And it blew my mind. They were putting heroin in it. They're, uh, the biggest thing uh, back in the 90s was cocaine, lacing that. Here's where I'm going. What quality does the, the marijuana that your dispensary offers, what is in it? Meaning, do you add any in, in, anything into it or is what you get is organic? It's not like the garbage that these uh, cigarette companies add into their cigarettes. Is there anything put into your cannabis or, or what's in it? Nothing. And I, I will say unequivocally, Steve, that the regulated cannabis industry in California is has is more strict than prescription drugs. It's more strict than alcohol in its level of pureness, if you will. The testing is beyond rigorous in order to uh, get products through in California. So there is there is nothing in there. You know, now edibles, you've got to classify the categories. Uh, flour, there's there's nothing in there. That it it all passes through testing. In fact, we display our products under glass domes so you can look at them and make microscopes available if you want to see what it looks at. But but there's testing on every product. It is it's far more pure than the product that you used to get or the product that is out there on the black market. So let's start with flour. Edibles obviously have things added in, but they're organic, organic flavors, natural flavors, that kind of thing. Um, but even that, the cannabis part of that has to pass through that same rigorous level of testing. I can give you an example of somebody that was, I know that was bringing a product to market that was a, uh, a topical cream for treatment of light arthritis and that kind of thing. And they wanted to use shea butter. The cannabis would pass the testing for purity. But the shea butter would not pass California's testing for purity. So the result was they had to go uh, source that product and have it made special so that it would pass through testing in the state of California. The product is about as pure as possible. The best cannabis in the world is now outside of some uh, Israeli labs is actually coming out of California. Great point. And here's, I'm Jeff. Thank you, Raj. This is where I would like to to find out from you. As Jeff had stated, nothing is added into the cannabis. Just like years ago, back in the '80s and '90s, it was laced with a lot of stuff: heroin, cocaine, whatever else may have you. Being that you're in California, being that it's extremely regulated. Why is it such a problem with the federal government? Why is it such a problem in, you know, in public view, give or take their political position, their religious position? We, you know, Jeff touched on it. We look at prescription drugs, even when you think about alcohol. My goodness, you can't even buy a vitamin over the counter without garbage and everything having sugar in it. That's the number one problem, especially here in this country, is and what I hear from my friends and and people and allies, you know, that live in other countries is the 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 stuff that we have here in our country, here in America, is so conditioned with so much garbage, even within the water. 
why is it such a problem to have that somebody is smoking marijuana? What is the deal? But yet, it's normal to see somebody smoke cigarettes. It's normal to see somebody take vitamins that you know these companies make, but they put all this garbage and extra sugar into it. It's fine to eat food that's laced with chemicals, okay? What's the problem? Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting challenge. A lot of it, I think, has to do with the history of politics and culture. 80, 90 years ago, you know, cannabis, marijuana was was legal. And then during the 60s, there was the whole social revolution and kind of Nixon had his war on drugs. So he, he targeted kind of those counterculture people. And unfortunately, a lot of it was racial. He was targeting black and brown people of minorities. So it kind of, and, you know, the government had the messaging that cannabis is dangerous. You know, you had these uh, reefer madness video, propaganda government videos that you can look back in history. So there's been a lot of government propaganda to it. And it's unfortunate because... The, as Jeff was mentioning, the testing for cannabis is so strict. It's much stricter than your tomatoes and your avocados. You're, you know, you always hear about these outbreaks of salmonella from fruits and vegetables, but the cannabis that we have in our stores is much safer and much more rigorously tested for, uh, for bacteria, for viruses, for things like that. It's so strict. Uh, one of the inspectors was actually telling us that they were saying our California avocados couldn't pass this inspection, you know? So it's just, um, it's unfortunate, you know, it's the culturally it's become like a counterculture, you know, in the seventies, you had the whole Cheech and Chong thing. And, you know, in uh, the nineties, it was kind of a, you know, a musician. It's always been kind of a counterculture thing, like a rebel people that were, you know, outside the mainstream that smoked cannabis. And that, now it's becoming more mainstream, but I think it's just, a constant battle to reverse the decades and decades of a uh, cultural and political establishment along with the propaganda. So it's going to take time. We're, we're making good progress. You know, I think so many different States are legalizing it now, you know, so obviously in California, we take pride in being pioneers and kind of trailblazers in that regard, you know, just the place where Jeff and I met, you know, in San Francisco, we were kind of met at the, the forefront of it, you know, but it's going to take time. Right? Unfortunately, you know, for a while, alcohol was uh, illegal you know, during prohibition. And uh, unfortunately, when you make things illegal and people still want them, it's not going to tamp down on demand. It's just going to create a lot of side effects, a lot of criminal activity. That's why you ended up when alcohol was illegal, you ended up having Al Capone and all these gangsters take over. You know, so uh, unfortunately, that's what happened, you know, with all these drugs. You have the cartels, you know, say for heroin cocaine even cannabis but now that cannabis is legalized it's become much more regulated and more mainstream that a lot of that criminal element has been been taken away uh definitely would like both your point of view raj and jeff just to reset the room a little bit i want to thank everyone for tuning in live on air with stephen quoco on power 98.5 satellite radio a big shout out to my team in manchester uk and new york we were having a little bit of technical difficulties. Once again, we are reliant on internet and those beautiful, uh, those satellites that are up in space. I'm almost half tempted to, tempted to get Elon Musk try his out a little bit because uh, I've been hearing great reviews and things about that. No matter what, the dedication to our listeners is profound. And big shout out to Daniel. Thank you again. I hope that you're able to listen. 
Uh, my tech team is keeping track, making sure we're not losing signal at all. Um, so Daniel, thank you for your patience. Um, and then also Jeff and Raj, I, I hope your team and, and your partners and anyone and everyone at Urban Joy um, uh, are patient. And if they weren't able to listen, please join us back in, whether it's power985.com you can also uh, download the iOS or Android app and listen to it. We're available on Alexa, and we stream on Live Radio FM, Radio Line, MyTuner, and more. 200 countries and counting. The reason why I'm emphasizing this is I'm very proud uh, to have been gifted this opportunity by Helena and by Daniel uh, to be able to speak with Jeff and Raj today. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I believe in transparency, gentlemen. Um, I don't know if I would have done a show like this um, a couple years ago uh, because in in my industry, um, you know, it's okay to smoke, all right? It's okay to smoke. It's okay to drink. It's okay to take drugs. It's okay to do whatever. Uh, but you mainly do it behind the scenes. Unless you're doing a music video or something else and, you know, th th a lot of things are very methodical. Okay, so, you know, when rappers or, you know, and I don't mean African-American or black people, I mean, anyone that is in that, no matter what color you are, we see it a lot, you know, you know, they're smoking in their videos, but there's a purpose of why these corporate companies want you to do it or the record labels or whatever, because there's a certain, certain type of people or listeners that they want to attract, but I'm going to blow the whistle here, okay? Consider this a WikiLeaks moment. Not everyone who smokes marijuana is a bad person. Not everyone who buys marijuana is a drug dealer or there's a problem, all right? I'm going to call it out, Jeff, Raj, you don't need to say a thing, okay? We all know the federal government wants to make their money one way or another, I think it's great that it's been legalized, okay? I'm currently in Las Vegas, Nevada. I know I'm originally from New Jersey. I know it's legal there. You know, it, it's getting legal in a lot of places. But the positive is you guys are in California, where it's extremely regulated. Even if you work in the health and beauty industry, everything down from your creams to your supplements to even your energy bars. California, they got their nose into everything and they want to know what's in it, what's going on, so and so forth. And I want to digress a little bit about to, you know, the experience, all right? So I'm going to Urban Joy. And I'm walking in, and as you had stated before, um, is, you know, your staff, you know, they need or, or they, they have to be able to, to test the product for themselves, if that's the right way to put it, um, or at least to have the experience so they know what they're talking about. So let's say if it's myself, I've been doing PR for 30 years, I work in media, I have a background in journalism. Let's say you know, I, I don't smoke and I really don't, you know, consume edibles, but I am an ally and an advocate for what you gentlemen are doing. So with that, for those who either secretly smoke to protect their reputation or who smoke, but they're not open about it or people that really don't partake into it for whatever reason. And as I shared before, can I still smoke? Absolutely. 
But I had an experience when I was younger. I experienced tachycardia. The doctor had said, you never know when your body is going to have a reaction to it. That wasn't an allergic reaction. It was a reaction. But let's say I'm walking in being supportive of my friend who I told you about who has to take it to subside the migraines and to, you know, curb hopefully, you know, the seizures, you know, where needed and when needed. But I want to be educated, Raj, about the quality and integrity because of how regulated it is in California, but more importantly, the heart and passion you and Jeff and your staff put into it. How can I be an ally or anyone like myself be an ally that are not avid smokers or who do not eat edibles? What can we do for you to not only help our friends and family who do have to take it for medical reasons or purposes, or those that are using it for recreational purposes? Raj, can you share with me first? Sure. In, in terms of what can you do for people that aren't users, but they have friends that you want to support, such as your friend that you mentioned with the PTSD, um, there's a lot you can do. And the, the whole legal conundrum right now is very challenging. Um, the first thing you can do is, you know, call your congressman, call your local city council member, let them know that you support cannabis. You know, there's all these organizations, there's normal political organizations, you can support them. But in terms of locally, what you can do if you're in Los Angeles you can, you know, come into our store, spread the word about, you know, Urban Joy and how we're doing these things because we, we got in this to help people, you know. We're doing this, you know, we're right here on, on Robertson and Wilshire in, in L.A., right, right on the edge of Beverly Hills. And that, that's something you can do. Even if you don't smoke, it's just such a cool experience when you come into the store. It's very interactive, as Jeff described. We have these amazing screens with augmented reality. So it's just, it's a fun time out. So there's different things you can support your friends, get involved in politics. There's a lot of different ways you can, you know, support the movement. Jeff, having come from a background of retail um, and what you've done within the industry, what is it that your business and your business motto, its narrative and context what does it offer to the public to know that what they are purchasing, what they're being educated on by your staff, that it is something to where it's taken very seriously and professionally to meet to the standards and qualities of what California expects, what the federal government expects, and more specifically, when we look at and talk about strains of marijuana and if a naysayer would come in and be like oh well when i smoked we just had one strain of marijuana why are all these different strains so before i get to you raj uh to find out your objective viewpoint on that jeff why are there different strains and what's the importance to know about different strains of marijuana and the benefits for each individual because not everyone's the same and not everyone's going to have the same experience when either consuming an edible or when they are um, inhaling the substance. First, I would just share that is a vast and deep question. And if you got some cannabis connoisseurs uh, in the conversation, this debate could rage for four days and the discussion could go for four days. However, to try to keep it brief, and and succinct it would be let's start with 
there are so many strains are reflection of the genetics of the plant. The genetics of the plant produce different effects. People have heard of uh, sativa and indicas, and even then within uh, sativas and indicas, not all of them produce the same uh, effects on people. And then beyond that, you can only generalize a little bit because every individual metabolism and how they uh, how the product affects them is a little different. So talking about strains, we carry uh, close to 100 strains in our store. Strains are changing. New genetics come out all the time. They get named, the, the different things. Um, the best thing to do is talk to somebody that's engaged in our stores like I said, they're passionate about the product and they can, and this is true of other stores as well, not just us. It's true of the industry. They're there because they do the research for you and they can give you what kind of effect do you like? Well, I like this. I like to feel alert or I like to just feel relaxed. And those are generalizations, but they can be very specific. And then they can tie that to a specific strain. The other thing that comes in is there's research being done all the time now. It's not just THC. It's, there's different types of THC that get isolated. Then there's CBD as part of that, which also gets isolated in different types of CBD or different segments of CBD. And then it's the ratios of those things put together that give you certain effects and certain um, overall feelings. And then in addition to that, you have um the i would say they, the effects that hit people uh individually in the specific way that they ingest them so smoking will give you one thing i was going for is there's what's called the entourage effect and that's where you don't want to strip out all the individual things that are in the plant the elements of the plant terpenes and all those kinds of things you want to keep them all together because medically or physiologically, they all work together. And that's why the best thing to do is come in to our store, any store, but our store, and our people will walk you through with a series of questions and say, what, what would you like to feel? How would you like to feel? What are the things you've had experiences before? And then they can guide you and they'll play those that kind of Q&A inside the store and get you the right place. But so many strains because there's so many genetics and so many different effects and they get customized. So hope that answers that question for you. It does. Rod, your point of view? Uh, yeah, and to dovetail on what Jeff said, there's over 100 different cannabinoids. We're still researching them and finding out. But most commonly known ones are THC, which people associate as, you know, that's what gets me high. And then there's CBD, which he mentioned. You know, uh, one way we like to think of it, THC is kind of the gas, and CBD is kind of like the brakes. It helps modulate it. And then there's new ones being discovered all the time. There's research into CBG, which is some early research shows that may be helpful for anxiety. There's CBN, which early research shows that may help for sleep. Uh, you know, anecdotally, a lot of us, we know this, uh, you know, if we, you know, the whole thing about munchies, you smoke 
pot, you get the munchies or certain types of cannabis will help you feel sleepy. Certain will energize you. So anecdotally, we know a lot of this stuff, but the research is going on scientifically to kind of pinpoint it uh, to the molecular level. A lot of the field of medicine is now moving to molecular medicine where it's designer, just because all these drugs we take, you know, whether it's uh, a prescription drug, an antibiotic, a blood pressure medicine, they all interact with people's bodies differently. All our bodies, we're all alike. We're all humans, but all our, the chemistry in our bodies is all different. That's why, as you were mentioning, you know, you had that reaction with a tachycardia, you know, other people have different type of reactions you know people that's why some people you know can't take tylenol some people can't take advil you know some people can't take certain medicines because their body reacts differently to it so i think that's where the future of the science and the medical field is headed raj has a background or he has earned more more uh, precisely his doctor of medicine in 2010 uh, he also received a bachelor's in information system management from the university of california fornia Santa Cruz, uh, when we hear about um, cannabis being infused, all right, what does that mean, Raj? So when they say infused, so there's different, like, uh, I think what Jeff was talking about, edibles. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, um, you know, in the old days, like Brownie Mary, they'd be like pot brownies, but um, they get the cannabis and it's with it's fat soluble. So you cook it with butter and then you can make brownies with it, cookies. But now it's so advanced. There's drinks. You can have like soda pops. You can have cannabis root beer. You know, it's uh, gummies are the most common one for edibles. Um, so that's uh, the, the meaning in terms of they, they want to infuse it in different items in the old days you know you'd have to roll up a joint you know for us older folks old school you know now there there's so much you know who would have thought we'd come to the day where you can drink a cannabis root beer you know absolutely and and what i would like to also find out from you um we're going to start with with you on this raj is um what is the difference uh between cbd of what people can buy off the you know I don't know, shelf or internet, like it's become such a fad, like it's a new pair of underwear or, you know, what is the difference? I mean, most people who don't know, and I've heard this, no BS, oh, CBD is still marijuana. It's still pot. Is that true? What is the myth buster here? Well, well so like I was mentioning, that CBD, it's a cannabinoid, but there, there's different sources. So there's the, uh, a lot of it, the stuff you find over the counter, it's not very regulated. It's comes in certain states. They allow it from the, the hemp plant in, whereas other like in, in dispensaries, you get it from the actual um, canvas plant, like the indica or sativa, different parts of the plant. And um, that, that's why the CBD you get in a dispensary and it's tested more. It's much of a higher quality compared to the stuff you get at a gas station or those other stores. So it has to do with the, the part of the plant that it comes from and the, testing and regulations involved in like what part of the plant it's essentially you know their, their chemical constituents um what part of the the chemical structure comes from a certain part of the plant so let's nail the you know uh what do we want to dart into the bullseye okay i had to think there for a moment <laughs> can you get a high from cbd oil salves a lot of the stuff that um uh, that's being marketed right now. Can you still get a high from that just like you can with, with smoking from a bud? So according to regulation, the other reason that CBD is much more available is that, you know, uh, federally they, in the 2018 farm bill, they, 
they allowed it from hemp. So the the law states that they're not allowed to have more than 0.3% of THC in that. So technically, you're not supposed to be able to get that high, the classic high that we feel, uh, you know, when you, you smoke a joint of, of cannabis uh, bud or flower. So, but, you know, the stuff in the gas stations and the other kind of shops, it, the regulations, you know, it's not always tested. So uh, they've done some research that shows there is some teaching there, but but it's not supposed to get you high. Uh, and like I was mentioning the analogy earlier, CBD, it has a different effect, but it's not that classical, uh, cl- you know, THC effect that we call a kind of the gas where you, um, in your mind, you, you know, you get, I kind of call it that warm and fuzzy feeling, the tingly feeling on your, in your brain that you get. You're not supposed to be able to get that with the CBD hemp, but uh, a lot of flour that has uh, high CBD content, it gives kind of uh, a different, quote unquote, high feeling. But yeah, from the over-the-counter stuff, you're not supposed to be able to get high from it. If I may ask, Jeff, and only share if you're comfortable to share, because I'm not going to have you be put into a situation from a marketing, advertising, retail perspective. People, you know, once again, just like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, they want to make fast cash, rich, get their Louis Vuitton, buy their multi-million dollar mansion, get their, you know, Ashton Martin and whatever else and brag to people online of why they're the shit, okay? From a marketing retail perspective, do you see it being taken seriously and being shared and informed, you know, to the public responsibly with all the CBD, and I, I'm going to have to call it fad, you know, I take responsibility to call it that, because if you're legitimate the way you guys are, that's one thing. But am I perceiving it correctly that I'm not noticing, even with CBD and a lot of the products that are coming up and how uh, professional bodybuilders and athletes and those who are selling courses and meal plans, now all of a sudden they have a CBD line. Do they really know what they're talking about, what they're promoting and what they're selling. And is there really an understanding of the compounds and the ingredients and what is being put into that product? Is it being marketed right and shared to the public responsibly? Uh, I can't speak to each individual on the research that they did before bringing it to market. I can, I'll be pretty candid about CBD overall. It became a, a fad and it's out there cbd has is a very beneficial element of the, the cannabis business and in california we as a licensed cannabis retailer we can't sell that type of cbd we can only sell cannabis products to cbd as part of that product the ratio may be high CBD, it may be 30 to 1 to THC, but it must have, we can't bring in that unregulated, untested product. So I also can't speak to what works for an individual. Who knows what works for an individual? They may find that this is the best thing for them and they should continue to do that. As a whole, though, the CBD craze, if you will, is a little overblown like always things get overblown when they get a lot of hype uh, if somebody was serious about their cbd and they really wanted it to help them 
I would steer them to a licensed dispensary. If it's not ours, it's somebody else's, where somebody that's more educated, somebody that spent some time understanding cannabis and all the cannabinoids and carboxylation, decarboxylation, all those things that go into what creates the products, that would be uh, my recommendation. Go get educated. Even if you don't buy it there, at least go in and get educated from somebody that understands it rather than get it out of the gas station. Thank you, Jeff. Raj, as a medical professional, what is the difference between vaping and if someone were to um, use a rolly and roll their cannabis? Is there much of a difference? Um, Because I know that there is oil that people can buy for vapes. Um, Can you educate me and the listeners on, is there a difference between purchasing um, a vape oil to smoking it the way we used to smoke it by using a rolly or a um, if a pipe, if that's you know politically correct. Yeah. So so nowadays vapes have dramatically increased in sales because people like the fact that you know it doesn't make your clothes smell and you know uh, if you're doing it on your lunch break or something like that. Whereas the old days when you rolled up a flower joint. So there definitely are some differences, uh, as Jeff alluded to earlier, there's the thing called the entourage effect, which, you know, as we do more research, we still don't completely understand how cannabis affects the, the body and, um, the flower, when you, when you roll up the flower buds in a, in a joint and smoke it, you get that full entourage effect, which is on your, the CB, the different cannabis receptors in your brain and in your body, uh, it hits all those receptors in a different way. Whereas the the vape, if you if people who smoke a joint versus smoke a vape, they'll notice there's a slightly different high because that's the that's an extracted oil that's been extracted from the plant, and it's um you know depending uh, what type of vape you use, it's it's highly purified. You know they use different techniques with uh, solvents and stuff to extract it's that pure oil a lot of times it's just pure thc a lot of the other uh, cannabinoids that we mentioned earlier like cbd cbg cbn all that's been uh, removed and uh, sometimes what they do is they add back in uh, flavorings called terpenes and things like that to make them like fruity flavor like a raspberry flavor or different flavors but um the high and you get is different with the vapes and also the effect on the body so sometimes um they've been a lot more advances in vapes now. So they're adding, trying to add more of the uh, live pieces of the flower into it. Um, that's why they have things called uh, live resin and then they have rosin, which you, you press it. There's different ways that it's basically different ways that they take care of the plant. They, they freeze it sometimes and it's different how they hang it and dry the plant. Uh, you know, essentially it's a farming technique. So there's different ways that they take care of the plant to to get it to that stage of where it's that purified oil and then uh, different things that they add in there, but they're slowly making it progressing that they want to get the vapes as close to the effect, but the original effect is from smoking the flower where you get that full entourage effect. So people who are using it for medical reasons, they may notice that um, it's, they might get a, a different effect when they smoke the flower, a more powerful effect, but the problem is it's not very convenient. You know, if people are on the go, you know, they don't want to be, seeing huge clouds of smoke everywhere. That's why the vapes are very discreet. So there's pros and cons to both vape versus flower. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, the original entourage effect that people are going for is comes through the flower. Here's another question for you, Raj. And definitely would like to get your your point of view on this as well, Jeff. So we know, all right, it's it's been written about and published 
that, you know, marijuana can affect your thinking and memory. It can increase the risk of accidents due to, you know, I call it slow mode. You know, when I used to smoke, I was always in slow mode. So I understand that. But also at the same time, it is known to be published that smoking, it may harm the lungs and lead to cancer. But let's look at this. Let's digress back to what I shared before about how we've got sugar in everything. Sugar is known to increase higher blood pressure, inflammation, weight gain, diabetes, and a fatty liver. So when we look at the fact of what is being published, because it's rare, and I've done my research even before this, um, there will be articles about marijuana, but it's always emphasized of, you know, here's what can happen from smoking. Here's what can happen, you know. Um, I, I didn't read too much about edibles. But once again, sugary drinks. We are, th- there is not a product from health food to whatever it may be or supplementation that is not going to affect the chemical um, balance the, the chemical that could create balance or imbalance within our bodies and how it will, um, how everything, especially sugar, you know, how it affects dopamine and serotonin. So let's have a myth buster here, Raj. There is so much information or there is so much information about the negative aspects about marijuana, politicians and everything else. Oh, my children. But yet... You top major soft drinks, okay? Don't need to drop the names, all right? Sports drinks that have 21 grams of sugar, 21 grams of added sugar, over 50 grams of carbs in so-called sports drinks. If it's to have electrolytes, just put the freaking electrolytes in it. Why do you need nearly 45 grams of sugar? Everything has added sugar. We all know the facts of what sugar can do to the brain and to the body. Why is it such a problem, Raj, that there is still what I'm seeing and hearing more of a negative context about marijuana, but yet it's okay to consume excessive amounts of caffeine, excessive amounts of sugar, excessive amounts of carbs, an excessive amount of toxins in our food and drinks and supplements alone. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it has to do with education and also the legalization, the whole regulatory process. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, there was a big uh, scandal actually with uh, vapes where people were vaping and they were getting these lung injuries, but they found out these were illegal black market vapes that hadn't been tested through their proof process. And they'd been, adding chemicals and fillers. And they found out the culprit was actually vitamin E that was toxic. So everyone thinks vitamins are so great, but vitamins can be toxic too. So they were causing damage to people's lungs, but it was because people were using black market, unregulated vaping products sold at these kind of black market shops. Um, A lot of the research, uh, none of it equivocally has shown that cannabis by itself causes, uh, you know, lung cancer and things like that. A lot of studies are kind of have confounding variables where it was people who smoke cigarettes and cannabis but that, that's the problem. There's a lot of these myths out there that cannabis causes a lot of these problems. Like you said, obviously 
it, it does intoxicate people and people need to be responsible. Obviously, you know, it should be only consumed by adults, you know, who have, uh, you know, had a health checkup by their physician to make sure they're in good health and they don't have other uh, medical problems. You know, obviously it can interact with different uh, medicines as well, but cannabis is one of the safest drugs on the planet. And when I, I say drugs, I compare it to, you know, tobacco, alcohol, prescription drugs, you know, such as, uh, even over-the-counter things such as Tylenol. When I used to work, work in the hospital, I mean, people would overdose on Tylenol and they'd have permanent liver damage. You know, you could overdose on ibuprofen. You could have kidney damage. So people don't realize that, you know, everyone thinks Tylenol is harmless, but, you know, you, you can die if you take too much Tylenol. You know, it's so cannabis is much safer than those, which it's just kind of mind-blowing when you say that to people. Obviously, any when you put any smoke in your lungs, that is going to be toxic to your lungs. So, um, but a lot of the studies coming out, some of them show that actually cannabis smoke, it helps people with asthma, which would be counterintuitive. You'd think, oh, someone with asthma, they had bad lungs, you know, it, it wouldn't help them. But I know a lot, a lot of asthmatics who smoke cannabis and actually helps them breathe better. So uh, the, the tricky part right now is that there's not a lot of uh, conclusive research, but what is conclusively shown is that there is no conclusive research that shows the negative effects of cannabis, it's mainly positive. And so unfortunately, as you said, there's a lot of myths out there. And so we just need to keep educating people, keep doing more research and making sure that people go to licensed shops, you know, not going to their, their neighborhood dealer or going to these, unfortunately in Los Angeles, there's a lot of these black market shops. And um, those were kind of the epidemic of that, um, the vaping scandal that happened a couple of years ago. Jeff, your thought. So, I'll I'll start on the tail end of what Raj Raj covered this pretty well, but anecdotally, and this is speaking from someone who has been in this industry with employees now, and employees are passionate users of the product, and anecdotally, had at least half a dozen of employees or friends of employees that are had asthma as children, and actually are avid smokers and swear that it opens up their lungs. So that's not a medical comment, but that's simply anecdotal that uh, we just don't know yet, uh, going the other way. The other thing I would comment on here is, is, as you think about people relaxing at night, come home and you have a glass of wine, or you have uh, some scotch, the, the level of sugars that is in alcohol is very, very high to your point, Steve. And you don't have that in cannabis. So if somebody is choosing as cannabis is their way to unwind, smoke a joint, have an edible, whatever that, that looks like and during the evening, as opposed to having one, two, three drinks uh, to de-stress at the end of the evening, it's really, it's not even a contest on which one is, is safer at this point. So more and more people are choosing the cannabis route as a safer alternative to alcohol uh, in the long term. So I, I think those are, Raj covered a lot of the medical side of this, but from a uh, kind of boots on the ground, how it affects people, that, that's what I'm seeing. Raj, can you share your perspective on that? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I wanted to add on what you talked about earlier is like the sugar and everything has added sugar and fats nowadays. Unfortunately, in the US, we have an obesity epidemic and you know, that's actually leading to so many different problems such as diabetes, heart disease, uh, fatty liver. Uh, unfortunately, you know, obesity is such a big epidemic that it, it, it's, 
you know, shortening the lifespans of people, you know? So uh, as Jeff mentioned, cannabis is, is much safer than that. Uh, you know, if people take, you know, they, for example, we're not going to mention any brand names. I've been <laughs> throwing some out there, but you know, there's these sugary drinks that have caffeine in them, you know, and sugar, it, it's, it's good in, in small doses, but it had, unfortunately in our society, we, we tend to take things in excess. We overdose. So everything has added sugar and, and unfortunately, that's caused such a big obesity epidemic. Now you, you see it in small children. You see these little kids that are morbidly obese. And unfortunately, you know, we're seeing it now with, you know, these kids that get diabetes. I mean, um, they're, they do research now in, uh, unfortunately, soldiers that were uh, killed in duty. They, they do autopsies on their body and they see that their, their arteries are already clogged when they're 18 years old, you know. So, you know, historically, we think, oh, heart disease, uh, these are all problems of old people, you know. And historically, um, you know, obviously, there's di two different types of diabetes. But, um, you know, the type 2 diabetes, uh, that we're seeing it in younger and younger people because of this whole epidemic in our society of obesity due to all, all the sugar being added, you know, and unfortunately a lot of it has to do with the, the power of the pharmaceutical companies and, you know, they're very powerful in our country and, you know, they have a lot of lobbyists in the government. And so it's tough because, you know, the cannabis is competition. It's competition for the alcohol industry, tobacco for a lot of pharmaceutical industries, you know, if the research ends up showing and it gets FDA approval that, you know, as we know, anecdotally, that you know, say some strains of cannabis can help for insomnia, that, that's competition for Ambien. You know, if we find out it helps with anxiety, that's competition for Xanax, you know? So these companies, they don't want that competition. Great point. And now that segued into my next question or what I like to call myth buster. So when we consider, you know, you having, you're, you're a medical doctor, Raj, having worked with the military, people with emotional and mental disease, or what I like to say, a, a disconnection within themselves, um, there's an emotional mental disconnect that's happening and they're trying to get themselves their life back, you know, put together somehow. When we consider, you know, drugs, mood altering and mind manipulative drugs that you can easily obtain from doctors and, 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 you know, get prescribed and have your insurance cover it and go to the pharmacy and pick it up, knowing all the side effects and how many times do we watch commercials that there are drugs that are supposed to help with the condition, yet in the fast, speedy disclaimer, it actually can exacerbate what you're taking a drug for that's supposed to solve the problem. What are the side benefits, if you're able to share, Raj, when when incorporating cannabis within your daily life and lifestyle to be able to facilitate a, um, a meaningful position within yourself and how to move throughout this world, are people really confused and are, you know, by the side benefits of cannabis compared to where, you know, it's so conditioned, you know, oh, if you have anxiety, take this drug for anxiety, but be mindful that it could increase your anxiety. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's a big challenge right now. You know, a lot of us are trying to educate people on cannabis and we're, we're doing a lot of research. You know, as I mentioned, the government, it's restricted a lot of that research, but it, it's tough. And, um, 
unfortunately, a lot of people have these side effects to these prescription drugs, such as anxiety medicines or insomnia medicines or different, you know, medicines for pain. That's a big one. You know, everyone knows about the, the disaster of the opioid epidemic, how, you know, millions of lives have been lost in this country because of people being addicted to opioids. A lot of them, you know, they just started innocently and you know, they had some surgery, they took some pain pills afterwards and then fortunately they got hooked on it. Everyone's brain chemistry is different. You know, some people are just more prone to addiction, you know, with their because of their brain chemistry. And unfortunately, so many millions of people have been addicted to these opioids. Um, that, that's why I believe cannabis is a much safer alternative. You know, there's a lot of people that, that are taking that position now. There's a lot of research being done at um, a lot of scientists and doctors are doing this research, but I think it's going to show, uh, there's already statistics that show in certain states it, the use of alcohol goes down, you know, the use of uh, opioids goes down. So we're still very early in this stage right now. Anecdotally, you know, we've known for, you know, dozens, hundreds of years, I mean, cannabis is around for thousands of years. It's a natural, you know, the reason it's called a weed, it's a weed, it grows in the wild, like in countries like India, you know, it, it just grows in the wild. It, so it's, it's a weed, you know, it's been around for thousands of years, you know, our ancestors used it thousands of years ago, you know, uh, for uh, as a medicine. So now we just, it's up to us in our current government to get it approved, do the research and, you know, see that it can help people in a safer alternative to prescription medicines. Jeff, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, I think I would just add that we're, if this is going to come from the bottom up, if you will, from a kind of a groundswell, and I'll, I'll give an example we are looking to open a store in a city in in the central valley of california which is a very very conservative area and i went to uh, a rotary club meeting to do some q a i was sitting with pastors educators local business people men and women all probably the average age at the table is like 70 years old and they ask me what I do. All of a sudden, that, that becomes a hot topic of conversation. They all started to talk about how they use the cream of some kind for some kind of ailment, or they use gummies to help them sleep. And it's, it's underground. They don't talk about it until it comes up and they feel like they're in a safe place to talk about it. And I just happen to be a safe place because I was in the industry. It's going to come from the bottom up, and it's it's interesting that it's going to come from an unlikely place. We all know about everybody enjoying their life, and and in a young group, whether millennials, boomer, whatever you want to go there with it. But this is going to come from the people that have reached uh, a certain age in life, and they're finding that they don't want to take all these prescription drugs. They're finding that this is a better alternative. And they're going to push that more and more into the open. I sat at that table with seven people around the table plus me. Five of them were using cannabis products at that table. And none of them knew it with each other until it came out in conversation. And that's happening more and more and more. And that's in a very conservative, older crowd in a central California city. So it's going to come from the bottom up and it's going to become known and everybody's going to get more comfortable and then it will force a change. Is there anything at all, Raj, that I have not asked that you feel is extremely important for the public to know 
about the position that you and Jeff are in as responsible business owners that own and operate a dispensary, what what would be the the myth myth buster or misconception that you can share that is a fact? I think one of the big myth busters is that, uh, you know, the stereotype of a cannabis user is, is not accurate. You know, people come from all, all walks of life, you know, professionals, engineers, attorneys, physicians, uh, politicians, every cannabis users are, they're all around us. You know, they're just uh, similar to people that use alcohol. Uh, it's, it's becoming normal part of society. It's, uh, becoming an alternative to, prescription drugs, alcohol, things like that. And then, um, you know, one other myth is people have about dispensaries themselves that they're kind of seedy, kind of these sh shady, sketchy places like where you're going to do a drug deal. I think if people come to a, one of our stores, Urban Joy, um, you know, down on, on Robertson, they'll have an amazing experience, you know. And the fact that we talk about, we want to give people the best experience, the best store and the best value. So it's as if they're coming into a, a Louis Vuitton store, but it's for everyone, you know, it's for, we have affordable prices. So, whereas when you go into one of those fancy Gucci or Prada stores, you know, you do window shopping, but you know, the average person can't afford to buy anything there. Whereas with our stores, we have a very inclusive culture and we want to be able to, you know, we're doing this as a service to help people. Obviously it's a business as well. Um, but we make sure our pricing is affordable so that people, especially now with inflation and the economy headed to a recession, we know times are tough. So we're, we're making sure our products uh, you know, cater to people with unlimited and fixed incomes. Jeff. I think the myth is that this industry is printing money. People get into it and they think that this is, Oh, that people make money hand over fist. It is, it is not that it is like any other, any other business we are here to serve. If we serve well, and we do all the things that Ross just described, we create a great store. We create great people in our store to, to provide a service and provide a welcoming atmosphere. And we provide great value. We'll do great. But it is not printing money. It's not like an ATM machine when you get into it. it it's hard work. And it's hard work if you do it right. So, uh, and the last thing I would say is that it's for everybody. Come in and find out what you don't know. Uh, for anybody that's not been into uh, a cannabis store, a re cannabis retail shop, a dispensary, go in and find out because it is not what you think if you've never been in one. It, it, that, and that will bust a myth too. Very different. So that, that's where I would leave it. I want to thank both of you for being here live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. This turned out to be an interview that was very unexpected. Big shout out to Helena and to Daniel. And I want to thank the both of you uh, for being with being with me today and to share with our listeners and with the public about this information. And I, I'm truly grateful for the comfortability that you've offered. And I feel very comfortable. And most importantly, I feel very safe to have had this experience with you and to have you on, you know, on my show 
And like I said, a couple years ago, I would not have touched this. I'm just going to be honest. I would not have touched this. Um, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes of what I deal with as a public relations representative in the media. A lot of things is ve are very controlled and contrived. Um, I don't follow it. Um, I haven't. Um, that is why, you know, I've been, you know, very independent and I will work with companies and, 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 you know, people, but there needs to be an alignment there. And I'm just going to be honest, you know, that's even a lot for me to say out in the open that, you know, I wouldn't touch it and I'm not uncomfortable about it. But at the same time, as I shared with, with Daniel, and as I said earlier, um, you know, at the beginning of the interview is, uh, you know, it's not an infomercial. I, you know, my parents, I love my parents who adopted me. They were missionaries, deacons in a church. My dad was in the military, my mom a nurse. Thank God for her because the state wanted to put me on drugs. I was tested for everything that you can think of. Um, I just was ended up diagnosed with dyslexia when I was younger. Um, but, um, it was mis misperceived that I could have had, um, uh, they tested me for ADHD, which I did not have. And, you know, I was very hyper, but if you knew the background I came from, there was, it was a lot, you know, um, that I was dealing with as a kid and, uh, thank God for my parents, um, and for the home that they provided. But at the same time, there's, you know, I remember if, if you guys remember Spuds McKenzie, I had a t-shirt. My mother found it and she took a pair of scissors and cut it up. It just, <laughs> there's certain things that was, um, you know, I would not have been upset if my parents knew that I had smoked marijuana when I was younger. I'm not embarrassed or ashamed by that. But I grew up that you are to be, uh, embarrassed and ashamed to not have a certain identity and alcohol and smoking and marijuana in my generation, in a community that I grew up in. And like I said, I love my parents and thank God for them. It had a very bad stigma to it. And if you did it, Ooh, it's, it's like saying, you know, my responsibility was the reputation, my family's reputation, and it was a lot, but I fought against what I believed in. And, um, my biological family, you know, were, were huge, um, marijuana smokers. And, um, I can honestly say I don't have a bad memory of, of them smoking marijuana to be transparent. The, the problems and the abuse and what I dealt with was their alcoholism and drug addiction. And I'm going to honestly tell you, my mother, these, these drug pushers, you know, she could get pills anytime that she want. And she was very good at manipulating doctors. And if one didn't give her one because the insurance was, you know, flagging it, she would find another one. And so I'm really grateful for you, Raj, and you, Jeff, and what Urban Joy is doing and, and how transparent you guys are, because it really is offering information and educating the public what we so need right now. 
and educating the public to know where to buy something of quality and something that's safe compared to back when, you know, it was getting out of control. Marijuana was becoming laced. You didn't know who to trust or what you were really smoking. Um, I'm sure you guys probably heard of. Yes, I remember back in the day, uh, I had a friend to where it was mixed with oregano and a couple other things because they were trying to, to scam on the the weight or the, the amount of it. Um, so I, I see this going in a better direction. I hope the federal government gives you guys a lot more flexibility to be able to grow and to expand. Yes, it is a money maker for the federal government. They're not going to do anything unless it benefits them. But then again, that's most people and businesses and corporations. Overall, um, as a representative of the public, I want to thank you both once again, uh, Raj Dave and Jeff Linden. And is there anything you would like to close with? Raj, I'm going to start with you first. Well, I thank you so much uh, for having us on your show. And I just want to close with, uh, if anyone wants to come check out our stores, you know, just come come to our website, urbanjoy.com. That's H-E-R-B-N-J-O-Y.com. And uh, come visit us, come check us out. And, you know, we'll help break some of the stigma around cannabis and help, help educate you and break some of those myths. Jeff? Uh, I just, Steve, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure uh, to be on your show. And I, we're grateful for the offer of the platform to just talk about those myths that you spoke of. And uh, I think I would echo that come to the store, look us up. And even if you're even if you're not a cannabis consumer or don't intend to be, just come to the store and get educated. And then you'll know why the industry is becoming so much different. And uh, I think that's that's it. So thank you, Steve. Appreciate the time. You're very welcome. As Jeff shared, Herb Enjoy, H-E-R-B-N-J-O-Y.com. we got a new location opening up. When's that new locationing opening up? I think we're looking at September in San Diego is our next one. And then uh, San Francisco is after that. But we'll be in San Diego in uh, sometime in September. And so right now you've got Beverly Hills. And where's the other location? Uh, we're under remodel in our Santa Barbara location, so that should come up back on uh, later in the year. And we have one in the Central Valley in Hanford, California. And uh, so that, that's where we're at. Once again, just to recap, Raj, Jeff, if someone is new to cannabis, um, they obtain a, a medical marijuana card. If they're, if they're struggling and wanting to get off of, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and are fed up and done with the side effects um, and what these drugs are doing. What is the first question or what is the first thing when going to urbanjoy.com and or coming into one of your stores? What is the benefit that that person has to look forward to? Raj? Well, in terms of the one of the benefits they have is that, you know, our staff are highly educated. You know, all all our educational materials are approved by medical professionals, including myself and other medical professionals. And a, a new one of the myths we talk a lot about myths is that um, in, in the old days, they did require a medical card. But, you know, 
I, I'm sure most people know this, but some of your listeners might not know this, is that now all you need is your driver's license. It's just, uh, you know, just to come in. It's the same as going into a bar. So anyone can come in, get educated. And if they are coming in for a specific medical reason, you know, uh, they can uh, confer and consult with one of our sales consultants who, who can help educate them and guide them in the right direction. Jeff? It's, we have a simple model if you ask any of our sales folks, any of the folks that work in our stores, no one leaves, everyone leaves happy. Let's just put it that way. Everybody leaves happy and they know that when you walk into one of our stores. So you will leave happy, educated and happy. We're going to re-air this episode. Thank you again, Raj and Jeff for being with us today. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, let's do Saturday at, I'm going to say 11 a.m. Eastern time. So 7, 8, 8, 8, no, 8 9, 9, 10, 10 to 11. That'll be 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern. I'm going to write this down. I know my team's listening. They're in, uh, but just want this down for myself. So all things urban joy, uh, breaking the myth of and about the cannabis industry, uh, where Raj Dave and Jeff Linden and thank you again it's and it's truly it, for you Raj and even for you Jeff I mean having a retail background a prestigious retail background to put it specifically uh, and and you Raj being a, a medical doctor having worked with the military coming back from war uh, dealing with various patients um, experiencing, different ailments, emotional, mental ailments, um, in life and, uh, in how you are channeling, uh, both of yours, educational experience and objective advice and belief systems for the public is truly, um, very honorable of you. Thanks so much. So I'm just going to. You're welcome, Jeff. I'm going to write this down here oh, when I have a working pen. Yeah, uh, let's see. We'll get this. I'm not worried about it. We've got it down. Christina, <laughs> 11 a.m. Saturday, Eastern Time. Uh, thank you again for being with us today, live on air with Stephen Cuoco. I can't say, actually, you know what? I can say more. Head on over to Herb Enjoy, H E R B. N as in Nancy, but not Nancy, N joy, herb and and reach out to the staff, reach out to the team. Um, I know if I were to walk, well, I trust them by talking to the owners. I'll be trusting them even when I go into there, um, into one of their stores. And I hope when I'm out in California to do my photo shoot, uh, to be able to meet, uh, Raj and Jeff tune in Friday. Tomorrow, July 22nd, 1 p.m., we've got my good friend EJ. You all should know EJ from Discovery Channel's Naked and Afraid. He is the true legend. Head on over to the Power 98.5 Satellite Radio Instagram, Power 98.5 Radio. Uh, also, Image Magazine International. Both of uh, our media pages, you will see the uh, shout-out video that EJ did. It was really good. I'm on TikTok. I posted the video there. And uh, Sunday, July 24th, we've got Hunter Armstrong. So an exceptional lineup coming up. 
very proud of what's going on here, um, the changes that are happening in a world and how people are really coming together and being great facilitators and uh, really good role models of, of sticking up for what you believe in, not pushing your belief systems onto anybody else, just having open dialogue and conversation and just to find out, do we meet each other? And can we build something on this connection? Or can we just leave it as thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to know you or have the opportunity to be able to get to know you, but I'm gonna move in another direction. So let's just make things easier, have life be easier. Um, it's okay to have a thought and opinion. Just be careful of how, how it's presented um, and, uh, you know, the, the person's life that you affect and just know that everything we say and do does affect someone else. I know I'm not perfect. It's still learning lessons that I'm learning, but let's take, take a pause before being responsive or being reactionary in what we do. I'm Stephen Cuoco and this is power 98.5 satellite radio. Enjoy your weekend. Oh, and one more thing. Monster Jam tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing Weston Anderson. All right, we got to get that plug in. Thank you for reminding me. All right, real quick. I'm going to pull it up here. All right, we've got at Thomas and Mac here in Las Vegas. They are celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Monster Jam over at UNLV. Get your tickets. Uh, I'm going to the live perform the performance tomorrow and to meet Weston Anderson, who I just interviewed. His interview will air tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And he is one of the drivers. He is with the uh, Gravedigger, Team Gravedigger. Uh, you all know his father. And uh, yeah, 40 year anniversary for the Gravedigger team, 30 year for Monster Jam. Get your tickets. It's gonna be at Thomas and Mac here in Las Vegas. Fans will witness heated rivals, high-flying stunts, and fierce head-to-head -head battles for an event championship. You don't want to miss it. Take care. Friend us on your socials and let's connect.